Okay. Uh, hi, everybody. It's Ryan here from Pi Records. I'm here with Kyle and Aaron from the Green Reflectors. How are you doing, guys? Great. How are you? Good. How are things in Halifax uh, right now? Oh, they're very fall-ish right now. It's a very windy day. Getting a little colder. Getting a little colder. Yeah, the heat's on now. I, I didn't really <laughs> want to have the heat on this early, but yeah, it's on. It's on. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about some of your previous releases, but I want to concentrate on the seven inch you have coming out with Johnny on Missing Fake Records. And then uh, then we'll go from there. So you want to tell me a little bit okay. about it? What's going on with your 7-inch? Um, I think it's coming out soon. <laughs> well, we, during the whole pandemic and the lockdown, uh, Aaron and I got busy and we recorded uh, a bunch of songs and stuff like that. And uh, we pieced together uh, a four-song uh, piece of work there that we're going to put out through Missing Fink Records. It's... Uh, uh, Gonna have uh, four kind of spooky, surfy themed songs on it, and uh, yeah. I mean, what else can we, we say about it? Like the the fact we did some of the. Uh, usually we do everything ourselves, like like we you know obviously we record everything and write everything and stuff like that. But we also usually do our artwork. But in this case, we actually got in touch with somebody down in uh, in Texas. And uh, she did some modeling, and we sort of tried to mimic the Lace Jaguars Volume Two album cover with with our album cover, and uh, uh, so yeah, that's, that's we got the we got the same font and everything for the oh wow the band name yeah. and everything. Tried to pay a little tribute to that, oh, yeah, because yeah. we we were actually we, we were in uh, Quebec a couple of years ago, and we we found out about Lace Jaguars through this. We went in the shop. And the, the guy there was like, he's like, oh, you're in a band? Like, yeah, we're, we're in a surf band. Oh, you got to check out these guys. And he just like started handing us all these records and he gave us all these records for, for nothing. Like for, he, was giving, he was trying to get rid of them all. And one of them happened to be like, it was this like Lace Jaguars record there. Yeah. So that's kind of the kind of anyway. legendary Canadian from Quebec, Canadian sort of surf instrumental band. Pretty rare record, actually. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just gave here, it take this, take this, <laughs> enjoy this. Yeah. Oh, you're your you're, you're fan. Have this record. So, well, okay, that's great. Yeah. It's good stuff too. Yeah. So that's, I guess, in a way, that's sort of us paying tribute to that nice guy at that shop in Quebec. Oh, nice. So yeah, yeah. What would you consider, uh, as far as being in a surf band? What would you consider your biggest influences? Well. <laughs> We were just talking about this, and I said, like, I said to Aaron, I was like, I don't know if I have any, like, huge musical influences. Like, when I think about it, I, I think I'm most influenced by, like, Jim Carrey. <laughs> like, when I was little, I, I, I wanted around, to, yeah. Bounce around on stage. Yeah, that's sort of, when I was little, I, I remember watching Ace Ventura and thinking, I want to be that guy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be wearing Hawaiian shirts and have the weird hairdo and stuff like that. I didn't go for the weird hairdo or the Hawaiian shirts or anything, but yeah, right now I've got my COVID do going on, but I don't know. I always really, really like Jim Carrey and he's not even like a, you know, not a musical influence, maybe just like a life influence yeah. or something like that like style influence. But I don't know. What about you? Aaron, you listen to a lot of this, this band is sort of more your, your creation. Well, like the, the first song we ever played live was rumble. So, 
I guess we'll have to say Link Ray is probably a big, the biggest influence on like the sound of things. Yeah, for us. And then yeah, for sure. The that fuzzy town. Yeah, and then the the live ventures albums from Japan in the mid '60s, kind of more raw, a little more distorted, and not typically what people think of as a surf sound. They they kind of go for the more the clean and the reverb. But this was this was pretty gritty stuff. Yeah, that's sort of our bag, and that's kind of where. We can yeah. try to take some of that. Sound. Although I will say, other than the first song on this 45, they're all like the cleanest songs we've ever written and recorded. So I don't know how that turned out. Why that? I guess you got this. I had to have this. Um, yeah, bring it over. This uh, show and tell. Show and tell. So for years, I, I had lent this guitar to for the last seven years. A friend of mine had this guitar. And we went to see Shadowy Man on a Shadowy Planet play in New Brunswick. And I was like, I gotta get that guitar back. I miss my Gretsch, because that was what he was using there. So anyway, I, I messaged with the guy, I'm like, hey, can I have that guitar back? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he gave it back to me. And then like ever since then, I've been just making songs like crazy on this, because it's so different than what I'm used to playing. I'm used to playing strats and, and kind of smaller guitars, but this one's like big. It's got a Bigsby on and all that kind of stuff. And it also has, I, I don't know how people are gonna, interested in, in me geeking out about the pickup situation but when i originally got it i was like i wanted to do something the reverse eddie cochran thing so instead of having the p90 up on the up uh, by the the neck i was like what if i put it down here and i bought the completely wrong p90 and stuff like that and it didn't fit it was too low so the guitar guy that, that was working on it decided that he was gonna the only thing that would work to get it up and not break was boot leather so this is like a boot leather mounted dog ear P90 from like a Les Paul Jr. on a Gretsch. So it's like kind of the weirdest sounding guitar, at least that I've ever owned. But it's sort of um, it's sort of been the sound of the the new recordings, and it sounds really good, clean, and it sounds really full, clean. Like usually, the reason that our songs are gritty and distorted and fuzzy is because it sort of like fills a lot of the frequency range that's not there because we don't have a bass player, so that kind of helps fill the void a little bit. But oh, I found with this thing clean with reverb and stuff like that, I think it filled the the whole the baseless void uh, quite nicely. It's interesting. You say you don't have a bass player. Is it just the two of you? Yeah, no, the band started. It just was just the two of us there. It was Aaron's high school variety show. Like this was be two thousand. We started the band in two thousand seven. Like that was I can remember the exact date the band started because it was the day that Aaron bought his drum set. So November 30th, yeah, November 30th, 2007, they pulled up to my apartment in Halifax. I was going to school at the time. They, him and dad pulled up to my apartment in Halifax. And they're like, hey, man, you got to come out. You got to come out here and see what's in the trunk. And they're like, you know, like, it's, it's kind of that, that thing where, you know, you, you, you open up the trunk and like the, the light shines. I was like, oh, man, that's a drum set. And he never really touched a drum set in his life. He sort of saw it. <laughs> me and band and stuff like that so it was pretty cool i was like no way you're gonna play drums like she so he, he saved up his paper money it was like 500 bucks of paper money bought this drum set we went home that night and we started playing and and kind of the rest is history and then we didn't really play, play any shows until it was the end of of the school year 2008 so it was his, his graduating uh high school or whatever he, he was finishing up and we played like the high school variety show and played rumble played rumble and we got like second place in that variety. Show. Yeah, I think we won. I think we won second place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I think there it was like sure we wanted to get a T-shirt or something like that. I can't remember what what it was. Yeah, it was but 
Yeah, so it's always just been the two of us. Um, um, I suppose if we had another sibling who wanted to play, we would have welcomed them in. But oh, it's just been it's just been easy to keep it the two of us there and kind of create in, in our little bubble and stuff like that. It's fun. It's easy. It's 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 cheap. You know, we only have we can we can for the first couple. Of, actually, I shouldn't say for the first couple of years. We've always been able to travel the gigs with you know in a Honda Civic, a very yeah, very small take car. The whole band around in one car. Yeah, like when we went on tour last year, we we were like, we it was just it was me, Aaron, and then our dad usually comes with us as kind of our roadie and stuff like that. So it's sort of like family trips, you know, to gigs and stuff like that. But like we fit all of like when we went on tour last year, it was all three of us, all of our gear and clothes and all that kind of stuff, and it was like a, a four door Honda Civic. It fits. And it, yeah, yeah. It's not goes halfway across not, Canada. It's not overly comfortable, but you can do it. Yeah, I think you had a snare drum on your lap the entire trip. Yes. <laughs> so, but whatever, you know. So you see, you yeah. uh, you came down to New Brunswick. Uh, I, I'm assuming you're talking New Jersey. We've never actually been to to the states to play shows. We've only oh. ever played in Canada at this point. It was it's kind of unfortunate, but but because of all the COVID stuff, like we. We probably would have been there this year. We had got gotten asked to kind of come down to like New York and and do some stuff there, and and you know we've got Johnny yeah, as a contact now, uh, so we probably could have gone down there, but everything is kind of foobard yeah, right now. Lost last year was last summer. Lost culture from New Jersey. They asked us to play at the was one of those surf auto shrunken head. Yeah, unsteady Freddy's uh, surf rock shindig at auto shrunken head. He, this guy won us to be is kind of accompanying band yeah the opening band opening or, whatever. or whatever yeah but it was it was too uh it was too soon we couldn't like work out all that yeah in a two-week time frame like work visas and all that yeah that that, that that's so right yeah so we couldn't do it so we waited to you know and and, and now fully intended to do it this year oh yeah 100 percent. this this i think would have been our 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 biggest and wildest year of shows ever it had it not been for the lockdowns and, and COVID and stuff like that. I think we would have, we would have done a lot of really cool things, but instead, you know, like I, I can't say that we didn't do cool things cause we, we did, we recorded all kinds of music at home and, and, and kind of got to work. And if, if we were out playing shows, we probably wouldn't have put out that 45. We wouldn't have come up with those songs. They were kind of birthed from, boredom and being locked down because we, we we actually Aaron lives in Bridgewater which is an hour from Halifax so he's here today visiting me we, we usually jam at my house here in Halifax but for the whole pandemic like they lock things down like even like Nova Scotia was tight and it's still tight so like while that was happening um we couldn't get back and forth we couldn't even go that hour distance like it was locked down it was like unless it's 100% necessary don't leave your house like that's how crazy things wow. were here so yeah, so we just we just got on the internet, and Aaron's got a drum set up at home with the mics and all that kind of stuff. So I would kind of do up some demos and stuff like that, send him the stuff, and then he would come up with kind of like a, a drum arrangement, and he record a really good version of that, send it back to me. I'd finesse it, I'd put my guitar on it, and that's how that four song thing with uh, that's coming up with uh, with Johnny there, miss, missing thing. That's how that came about. So it was all done long distance. We we actually. And really, we haven't played those songs together yet. <laughs> they were all done in two different places. Like my, my part, his part, and then 
Yeah. yeah, we didn't even like practice it together. Long distance. <laughs> but it's great though. I, I really enjoy the fact that like we were able to do that. It kept me kind of, I was working from home for like the, for three months. And it, but it was nice because I'd work and I'd do my work and stuff like that. And then when I was done, I didn't have to just, I wasn't just sitting around being like, oh, poor me, I'm locked up in my house. It's like, no, I got, I got, I got cool stuff to do. We can, you know, I'm making songs and, and we, made, we made more than those four songs. Like there's more stuff coming out. So we basically got a whole album's worth of new material that we recorded oh, wow. during this, this lockdown. That, that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really all, happy to. did it all that same way. Like we, we kind of. After a few months, the, the lockdown kind of calmed down a little bit, and we were able to get together and jam and yeah. songs. But when we when we'd record, well, we do a demo here, but then I take the demo home and I and I do a like a good drum track, and I'd send it to Kyle, and he. So we did. We've done all everything this year. Every song we've recorded, we've done it that same way where we did them separately. Yeah. Like I did my part, and then he just put his part on top of it. Thank God for five internet. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> makes it all possible, man. No, yeah, we, we do all the recording and the mixing ourselves and stuff like that. And I, I I won't say I'm an expert at it, but I do a lot of reading and research to, to figure out how things work. And there's sort of a specific way to mix for vinyl, so I I've been trying to follow those rules and stuff like that. And and um, yeah, so I, I'm actually I haven't actually. Uh, heard the the I don't even think there's test pressings yet. I think they're on well, their way. I, I saw a comment next week expecting the test pressing. Yeah, so um, I know that the sleeves are done and they look yeah. spectacular, uh, and I'm look, really excited about that. Yeah, they her, look her, great. Oh yeah, the the model. Yeah, yeah, I think they turned out really good. And um, the the I should mention the person who modeled for us there. Um, her Instagram handle is May C Funicello, and yeah. uh, the guy. Who took the picture? It's a Vic Clark photography. Yeah. Um, I have to look up the exact. But if you search those those things on uh, those people on Instagram, you'll find them there. She's sort of like a. What's cool about um, that is it, it was well, like we've we've tagged them both in our posts about that, so they, they should be yeah easy find. Yeah, it was it was cool working with them because um, this was once again this is during like the height of the the lockdown for us, and and I think down there they were sort of a little locked down too. I don't I don't know how Houston. This would have been like this would have been like in April or May or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty tight around then. Yeah, but we. I just I found her uh, on you know Facebook or whatever, and it was cool because it wasn't like I had to kind of like ask her nervously if she'd be okay doing this. Um, I she actually had like bookings like she was available for these periods of time or whatever for for bookings to do different kinds of work. So I was like, it kind of took the my nerves away. I'm like, oh, good. Well, this person actually just does that sort of thing. So yeah, that's fantastic. The thing that's messaged me for collaborations. Like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it was nice to actually she's, she's that open about it, yeah. you know. And instead of, you know, sometimes when you, when you ask people to do different things, they're, they're, you know, you don't know what they're going to say because they're, you know, they're like, oh, I, I see your work there, and I, and I know you do it, but would you do it for me? In this right, case, it right. was sort of she was wide open and really open to the idea, and we sort of had like a an idea for uh, we have an we have an older song called White Zebra, and I thought that wouldn't it be funny? Like she should wear like a like a instead of the lace jaguar thing, she's the woman in the in the in the on the album cover has like a like a leopard kind of jaguar print uh, onesie on. So that wouldn't have really worked for us, but we've got like the White Zebra song. So I figured that maybe we'll get her to we should ask her to wear uh, like a zebra print. Onesie or whatever, and she's good to go. And, and also, it's, it has stripes on it. And our band 
vultures are striped. So yeah. Kind of, oh, it nice. kind of ties in with it. So it works. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. It was fun. I, I'm, it was awesome to work with her. And once these come out and, uh, you know, they're all together and the records are in the sleeves and all that kind of stuff and we're shipping them out. And uh, I think that we've got plans to do some more work, uh, kind of mimicking some more fun old album covers with the, the same model there, May. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, oh, great. We just, we just blah, 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 blah. We I just, we just talk be, on and on. I think it's going to be cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, we're, we're having lots of fun. So I want to talk a little bit about where you got started. Uh, some of the recordings and releases you might have done before this 7-inch that's coming out now. So you want to talk well, about that a little bit? Yeah. When we, when we first what, – what do you got? Do you have any of them over here? Yeah, they're down on the bottom shelf. I, I've kept mostly everything that we've ever done, um, but yeah, that the lathe cuts on the top there. But so so okay. So when we first started, I had had like a four track tape recorder there, and we we just sort of recorded and dinked around and did demos for the first couple of years, and then we got like kind of a digital setup and sort of really started to, to take off from there. But we actually didn't, you know, we started in two thousand seven, and we had songs and we kept on making songs and stuff like that we didn't actually get kind of organized enough to record a full album until 2015 but by that point we had a whole bunch of songs we've just been playing lots of shows lots of shows and lots of shows and stuff like that and recording demos and stuff like that made little homemade cds, made little homemade CDs but we didn't get together to actually record a full album until 2015 and it was kind of cool we had it done for free at an actual recording studio here in Halifax because it was full of students that were learning and stuff like that. It was like a, oh, wow. like a class. So, so really, um, we, our first album, the one with the hot rod on the cover, which is this one. Oh yeah. This is a this is a this is a kind of a cool. Uh, I'll tell you more about that later. It's a lathe cut record. There's only like six of them I think that exist. But anyway, so Jack White has one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll tell you about that. So. This the Sonic Temple in Halifax. They um, I don't know if it's a thing anymore, but during that time, um, it was open to students to come in and, and and just learn how to use studio equipment. And we were kind of like a guinea pig band. But I I kind of came in with a sheet of, of of things that I wanted to do. And this was like this this recording session was only like five hours, and the, we only recorded for an hour and a half. So there was like the setup and then the playing. And then the teardown was all within like a five-hour hour period. Oh, wow. And um, we, we recorded all of the songs because we'd been playing them for like quite a long time. 40-minute 40, 40 album, 18 songs. 40-minute album, 18 oh, songs. Okay. We, wow. recorded it, we recorded it in an hour and a half. But, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to do that if they were brand-new, fresh-in-our-brain songs. They'd been around for years. So it just, But that was great. We, we, we recorded it there. Um, they gave us the, the Pro Tools files. I took them home and I mixed them. And it took a couple months to kind of get that project off the ground and released into what it turned into there. But, you know, we had a, you know, it was a small independent run. Uh, we had uh, 200 CDs made up uh, locally. And then um, I wanted to have a record. So there's this guy, uh, his, his thing is called One Groove Vinyl. And he does lathe cut records and he's out of Tennessee. No, oh, shoot, I can't remember, but he's somewhere in the States. And um, his name is Chris Bell. He's, he's a cool dude. He's like, I guess he's like work with Destiny's Child and stuff like that. But like in his spare time, 
he does like lathe cut records and stuff like that. So I think we were his first customers and uh, he made us uh, a lathe cut record of our first album. We got six of them made up and um, we kept two for ourselves and kind of sold the rest off and sent the rest off as prizes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we, we thought like, Oh, we got, we had like third man records uh, address for Nashville. So I'm like, Whoa, we should send one to Jack White and see if he says anything. And that was years ago. And <laughs> never, heard. never heard from the never guy. Heard so. Anything, so I don't know. Yeah, he might be he a little bit. his fan mail dumpster or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Probably went to his, his fan mail dumpster. Yeah. So, but, but so that there's only six copies of that record that exist, and one is in his possession. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. That's so, awesome. Um, Still, it's awesome that he has it. But yeah. So that, yeah, it was. It, we we kind of joke about it. Like, there's we have a lot of inside band jokes and stuff like that. We sort of torment, and that was sort of one of the things. Well, of course, we like. Jack White and the two-piece yeah. band situation, you know. That, I guess coming back to musical influences, White Stripes would be definitely a musical influence for me because I remember when I heard Seven Nation Army, that's kind of about the time I picked up guitar. And, you know, I could, I remember, I remember I started, I, I learned that riff and I remember showing my dad and he was like, that's not a song. What are you talking about? And then like a couple <laughs> days later, a couple days later, he's like, I was listening to the radio and that, that song came on. You were you're telling the truth. That's an actual song. That Seven Nation Army is an actual song, and the riff is like that. I'm like, yeah, man, duh. Well, that, that, that song. There's a YouTube video on on him. I think he's with uh, he's with one other guy and the Edge from U2, and he's teaching. Oh, yeah, yeah, it might get loud. Did you see it? Yeah, I, I love that documentary. Yeah, it might get loud. Yeah, it's a great yeah. documentary. There it has like, the Edge, yeah, Jimmy Page, and Jack yeah, White. Yeah, and that it goes it. through. Yeah, it was, it was sort of like a, a, a just a story of the electric guitar, kind of from each yeah. one of those musicians' perspectives. Um, yeah, that that we watched that documentary a lot, and we actually like. I don't. You, you wouldn't think it is, but it's very quotable. There's a lot of like kind of yeah. fun lines in there. Like Jimmy Page, you know, taking the music in any direction, you know, like we always think about that. Like, <laughs> we say that a lot. We say that a lot, yeah. And we do it in an imitation of Jimmy Page voice. Yeah. <laughs> very uh, imitatable people. Well, that's interesting that you say you like Jack White so much um, and are interested in, in third man pressing. Um, if you guys could ever get on third man pressing just just your record pressing from there those are worth like a lot of money like just just to get it pressed oh yeah well i looked into like i looked online to you know, when we we um so last year um we had uh we put out our second album and this one we actually did on pressed vinyl it was a, a plant in canada Microforum vinyl, or uh, yeah, was it microforum? Yeah, microforum vinyl, and in um, that, that's a quite a process. So, like, you know, as an independent band, we're using your own money to to finance getting having records made and stuff like that. It's a, it's a big project. So, I did a lot of research, and I looked at I looked at United, I looked at you know Third Man Pressing, and looked at all the prices and stuff like that, and like. If I was, if we lived in the United States and we were making the United States that that dollar, uh, it would have made sense for us to get records done in the states that way. But 
because the dollar is so bad. I shouldn't say that it's like so bad. It's not great though. No, it's bad. It's, it's pretty bad. bad. It's like everything's like twice as twice as much money. Yeah. Was it how? I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's bad. I I could Google it right now and tell you how bad the dollar is compared to the exchange rate is like seventy cents to a dollar. Yeah, that's like seventy cents to a dollar. Yeah. Wow. So. But anyway, so we ended up, we looked, we looked at a couple places in, in Canada and we settled on um, Microform and they pr pressed uh, 300 of these records for us. And unfortunately, it's right before the, you know, we got them and, and we, we haven't been able to go and tour them and, and, and sell them because of the pandemic. We waited all this time. We were like, oh, we wanted to have a bunch <laughs> of records pressed for all this time and we, stuff like that. And we, we, made the, we made the big announcement that it was right in the end. In January, when we released our, our video, the one like the marionettes to, to go along with the announcement. But yeah, we got vinyl, and then what, like a month and a half later, up oh, lockdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we never were able to go out and How sell many them. Did you get yeah, we, we had like two shows this year. Yeah. What's that? How many did you get pressed? We, we had three hundred pressed, and um, I mean they're selling okay online. I, I wish we could. If we were playing shows, I think we'd have gotten rid of a lot more by now. But yeah. it is what it. I, I, I think you have, that's the album I have, uh, I got from iTunes. It's on iTunes, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we managed to, you know, sneak our way onto all those streaming platforms and stuff like that. So we, we're, on, we're on iTunes and uh, Spotify and YouTube Music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's we're, how we're I, everywhere. That's how I heard that record. Uh, yeah. I really dig it. Um, I didn't get to hear obviously the new seven inch yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to that too. Well, the one song that's on that record, uh, the first song, the, the the title, I guess the title track of it, Crypt Kicker, is also on the latest uh, Missing Fink vinyl compilation. Oh, okay. The one with the, the Swamp Monster and the Hot Dog oh, the on the cover there. Monster Hot Dog record. Yeah, the monster cooking hot dog record. So the, the 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 song of ours that's on that record is also on that forty five. But there are three other songs. So there's Crypt Kicker, uh, W T Fink, Scintilla Twitch, and Cat Burglar Cut Up are the the names of the the four songs that are on that record. So we managed to time them out pretty well because on a forty five, if it's playing at forty five speed, I think you get about six minutes per side. Yeah. Six, yeah, six or seven minutes per side. So we, we sort of had to math a little bit. And, and we kind of wrote these songs intending to put four on a seven inch. So we sort of wrote them with those time constraints. And then and we succeeded. So that's yeah, awesome. kind of neat. Yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you guys very much for, for doing this. And uh, oh, no worries. some of your time. Um, I, I really enjoyed talking to you and hearing about 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 the music and uh did you say you were brothers? Yeah, yeah. Who do you think's the older brother? Now hold on a second. Uh well I'm I'm, I'm gonna say this because you mentioned you mentioned this, Kyle, that it was your brother's graduation that you went to, so I'm gonna say you're the older brother. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, we're only a year and a half apart, though. We're really close. That's yeah, all. Awesome. So um, I'm, I'm, I just turned 32, and he's, you know, 30, 31 now. 30. 30, 30. 30 and a half. 30 and a half. I'll, I'll be 31 30, in March. 31 in March. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
All right. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, and hopefully, uh, after the missing think record comes out, we can talk again. And. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. I want, I want to wish you guys the best, and, and please be safe. And uh, yeah, same to you. And uh, I'm gonna go listen to the Green Reflectors right now. Awesome. Good plan. <laughs> I like it. We approve. <laughs> All right. Have a good day, guys. You, you too. Take care. Thanks. Thanks.